Welcome back to the Primal Podcast. I hope everybody's keeping well and staying motivated. My guest on today's episode is Neil O'Keefe. Neil is the owner-operator of NU Fitness here in Malahide, and he's also a personal trainer and a fitness coach. Over the last couple of weeks, Neil has been heavily involved in a campaign to try and keep gyms and fitness facilities open during the lockdown. Neil explains to me in this episode why these facilities are so important for people's health and well-being, and in particular their mental health, and why he thinks they should be deemed as essential services in a time when people are really struggling to manage their day-to-day well-being. We also discussed the style of coaching that Neil prides himself on, working with his clients to achieve very specific aesthetic goals for things like photo shoots, and how sometimes this can get a bad rap in the fitness community. Some of the topics that we discussed in today's episode can often become contentious among health, wellness and fitness experts. But Neil was refreshingly honest in this chat about his own experience, his fitness journey, what he's learned about dealing with clients and taking responsibility for their health and wellness, how to help his clients achieve a certain goal, the difficulties come across in the industry and many, many more things that you generally just get a generic answer for. I hope you enjoy the episode, guys. Welcome to our shared journey to find the answers to questions about health, wellness, nutrition, performance, life and success, and to craft the most resilient, hardy and happy humans you've ever seen. Welcome to the Primal Podcast. Neil O'Keefe, welcome to the Primal Podcast. Thanks, Millie, for having me. I oh, know, thanks for coming on, man. Really no appreciate you being here. Um, right, so I always do this at the start of every podcast, and yep. people are getting used to this now. I'm just going to ask you for anybody who doesn't know Neil O'Keefe, or is it New Fitness or NU Fitness? I was asked this the other day. It's, yeah. it's both, it's whatever you want. I call it New it. Fitness. Oh, but yeah. Very nice. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, Neil O'Keefe from New Fitness, yep. would you mind giving us a little bit of a background into yourself and your story before we dive into whatever madness we're going to chat about today? Yeah, of course. Um, so my name's Neil O'Keefe. I'm from Swords. Um, I am a personal trainer slash coach, um, and I have my own business for the past five years. So I began in the fitness industry just over seven years ago. Um, when I first came out of college, uh, sorry, secondary school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Tried a couple of college courses, went for me, um, and then I was working full time in spa. Actually, the spa that we're sitting next in, door. Now, next really? door. Yes, yeah, so I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a friend of mine at the time, Ben Connolly, was going to do a personal trainer course. So I said, "Listen, I'll do it." I always had a bit of a background with the gym, playing rugby at a high level, and um, into my sports. So the two of us went off, did our course down DCU, which was nine months, um, and then I started doing uh, group fitness classes across the road in Holywell Community Centre. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I was working in Spar, so that's kind of where it began, and things kind of snowballed. Then I opened my own gym with. Ben, the two of us, um, we were very young, only 21. That lasted nine months. So we opened it in Swords Village um, and then that fell through. We just didn't know how to run a business. We actually fell out, the two of us together, which oh, wow. is yeah, not the best. Um, but thankfully, we're, we're uh, good friends now. And then um, I kind of took a break from fitness then after after Rip Studios. Took a break for about six months and then I was like, you know, I'm going to give it one more go. And then started a new fitness um, about six years ago so I was renting off another guy in Airside for a year and then found my own unit in Malahide and here we are now and here we are today yeah, yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a few a few areas and we, we spoke off Mike about a couple of mm. things we want to chat about today but yeah. at the moment people might have actually heard your name over the last couple of weeks specifically because you're very involved now with 
since the lockdown, yeah. obviously gyms have been closed as well. Mm. And your stance on that, correct me if I'm wrong here, is it, it is an essential service because yeah. it's important for mental health and for people's health and wellness and fitness. Um, what what can you can you t- walk me through exactly what's been happening over the last few weeks and this journey you've kind of been on? Because yeah. you kind of just put yourself forward, and all of a sudden you've been the face of this kind of campaign. Yeah, big time. Um, I kind of fell into it to be honest, and I'd usually only ever use my social media for work, and that is an odd bit of personal stuff. But uh, mainly just promoting myself and showing my client results and stuff like that. But and the net- huge dog. Yeah, <laughs> my massive dog <laughs> lady. Yeah. Um, which is big. She's a a, a fan favorite. Uh, was a Burmese mountain dog. She's a Burmese mountain dog. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so it was la. It was Monday. I, I remember the day exactly. I think it was the nineteenth of October, and I was in work, and we had we've gone through one lockdown so far, and I kind of got a feeling. Think a couple of things were li- leaked earlier on in the week that we're going into lockdown again. And um, then one of my clients confirmed at eight o'clock. So I finished up my sessions at nine o'clock, and I was just infuriated that I had to close my gym again. Um, and just knowing that my clients would suffer, and this was their last outlet. You know, pubs are closed, restaurants are closed. Like the gym is people's last kind of outlet to blow off a bit of steam, to not be in their job in their house because everyone's working from home. Do you know? Um, so I just felt like you know, like this isn't the right thing to do. Do you know? Gyms should be open. We've uh, we're following all the right guidelines. We've social distancing in place. We've a, quite a big unit for the amount of people we have. So I put together a video, just kind of voiced my opinion, and, and and it just took off. So it kind of went viral. We got two hundred and thirty thousand views on the video, wow, and geez. it was just me, just sitting in the gym, just kind of being like, "This, this is mad." Like you know, yeah. we are an essential service. We we're we're part of the solution, not part of the problem. You know, we're actually probably taking a little bit of pressure off the HSE by keeping people fit and healthy. And I just knew a lot of my clients. We probably have about a hundred members, and a lot of them were like, "Oh, are you gonna stay open? Can you please stay open behind closed doors?" And you know, we'll still keep coming to you. I was like, this, you know, this is wrong. You know, we should stay open. So now uh, the business that I run and, and my clients and stuff, I, I didn't stay open. You know, I have to follow the the HSE guidelines and, and the government guidelines. So unfortunately I've closed, but I've been doing my best online to campaign for gyms to, to reopen. Um, so it, it it grew legs at the start and then just like everything kind of fell off a little bit and um, the momentum falls out of it people just get back into a routine doing online classes and zoom classes but it's it's picking up momentum again now and i feel like we're not going to get open this lockdown but if we can get on the essential services list for the next lockdown if there is one hopefully not um that'll be a win okay and did i hear they've achieved this in the uk somewhere have they was it liverpool in the, or in the uk yeah so the uk were in a tiered system like us so remember we were in the level fours and it, yeah, it was yeah. all kind of different county. Yeah. So the UK were doing that um, at the start. So they're in the tiered system. Liverpool went into tier three. And in tier three, gyms weren't supposed to open. But gyms all around the, other, the rest of the country were open because they're in tier one oh, and tier okay, two. Okay. So it was a little bit different yeah. to the, the beast we were trying to fight here. So they stayed open and they just, 75% of the gyms in the UK stayed open and they were able to fight it and they got it overturned because it was local government they were dealing with. Yeah, but now um, the UK have gone into a full lockdown, um, so all gyms have closed completely because they've uh, the whole the whole country's gone into tier three, so they've closed everything. Um, but the UK, I don't know why, maybe they have a bit more of a governing body than than what we do in in Ireland. They just seem to stand together a little bit more. Yeah. So a lot of them have stayed open now. A lot of them have started to incur fines and and suffer penalties from the police. So I don't know what's going to happen there, but I've been watching it closely. Yeah, yeah. Mm. There's a bit of um. 
sometimes when you have these conversations and talk about uh, the the lockdown and like I'm not going to go too deep into my personal opinion on yeah. lockdown. I don't I don't particularly think we're doing it the right way, but we won't go we won't go down that rabbit hole just yet. Well, maybe we will. <laughs> uh, but I I agree. Number one, just to state my position on this, I agree 100 percent that it's better to prevent people from becoming unhealthy mm. than to try and put a band-aid on it and that's been my career for the last 10 years been tr- trying to prevent people from getting to a position where they need for in this case a lockdown or in the medical sense where they need a medication or they yeah. need a treatment or something like that so that, that's kind of where i come from so my background is kind of what i believe and i'm 100 percent on board with the idea of making people healthier to unload the healthcare system yeah. i'm 100 percent on board with exercise in terms of managing mental health and our mental health in terms of bandied around i always talk about this as well it, yep. it, it means different things to different people however rule of thumb i think if you're exercising you feel better and yeah. it's, it's as simple as that for me so i'm abs- absolutely on board with you there i've heard some strange pushback again not you specifically but mm. against this movement that it's a trojan horse for your business and you're a business owner and you just want to keep your business open and all that yeah and i get it mm from people who don't understand the benefits of health and wellness yeah. and fitness. Usually that's where it comes from. Um, but you you work, you have 100 clients. Mm. How are you, How have your 100 clients been through the first lockdown and now the second lockdown? Obviously, they want you to stay open. You've just mentioned that they'd love, they'd love if you could do behind closed doors, yeah. car park sessions yeah. and stuff like that. But how are they managing at the moment? Because you're in contact with these people. Um, some of them at 50-50. So some of them are managing really well yeah. and they're enjoying. We, we basically tried to turn everything onto online to keep our members some sort of accountability, um, yeah. some sort of routine and some sort of health, you know, and fitness. So we do two options. Um, I'm doing a bit of online coaching with people, which is basically being their personal trainer, but online. Yeah. So they check in weekly with me and I send them workout plans based on their equipment. So we've got a couple of people on that. Um, most of our clients are on an online Zoom group. So we do uh, Zoom classes and now they're... they're um, they're not the most intense things in the world. Obviously, we're limited with equipment. People are jumping around their sitting rooms. So we do what we can. So they're on um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So we've got probably got about 70 members on that. Okay. So a lot of our clients have stuck with us and supported us. And it's more so for their their mental health as well. But to, to kind of to get that, tro- to go back to that Trojan horse point, yeah. uh, I think it's a good point. And I'd be very... Um, very transparent here and be like, yeah, it is about my business as well. You know, financially, I am struggling. Um, and financially, I'm sure a lot of small businesses, we're a, we're a tiny business in the grand scheme of things. So I have two employees. Um, our turnover wouldn't be massive, but, you know, we pay the bills and I'm happy and that's all I want. But I can't see my business personally lasting more than another lockdown, you know. Really, um, yeah. yeah, the bills don't stop. The insurance doesn't stop. The electricity doesn't stop. Um, your rates don't stop, you know. Um, your taxes don't stop. So... Uh, I'd say, uh, like, I'd be very transparent and say, yeah, it is about my business as well because I know my business serves so many people in the small community that is Malahide for their mental health that if my business is financially not viable, I won't be able to operate and I'm sure a lot of people will suffer yeah. in the long run. But yeah, um, you look at the bigger gyms and yeah, maybe they can they can last a little bit longer than we could. But uh, yeah, and and you know, a couple of people are like saying to me, you know, why why are you only speaking out about gyms? But that's the only that's my industry. Do you know, I'm not going to say, well, listen, Tom has got a coffee shop down the road. He should be essential service as well because I don't know Tom. I'm not in his industry, so I can't speak for him. I can only speak for the gyms. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It is a difficult situation for for a small business, any business yeah. owner, any person. It's a difficult yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah. I think there's there's two there's two sides to the argument Definitely. for gyms. Mm. 
uh, and you you made a good point. Uh, one of your Instagram stories about bars and stuff like that. And some people use bars for their mental health. This is an argument I've heard from a few bits. Some people go to the pub and drink for their mental health. Yeah. Like, okay. Fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not I'm not taken away from people who rely on certain other things, golf, for example, or bars or yeah. whatever. But it's different if you're training and you're promoting your health and you're you're becoming a healthier person. It's it's good all around it's yeah. good it's obviously we mentioned you're, you're not going to become a statistic in the healthcare system you're probably going to be able to contribute more to society you're going to be a happier person in general you're going to be fitter you're going to live a little bit longer all these positive benefits you yeah. don't get from going to the pub or going to the chipper or going right. to all these different places and um, so I, I, I can i can see where the arguments come from both sides but yeah. like i'm firmly on the side of let's try and be healthier yeah. that's my whole thing let's try and be healthier in general and we prevent a lot of problems down the road there yeah big time you know if we're healthy we can fight this virus if we're sitting at home eating takeaways and yeah. drinking pints we can't we can't you know? yeah. yeah yeah absolutely um, but yeah listen there's two sides to every argument you know and you're you're never going to have everyone on your side yeah you know but I feel like the argument that we did and it wasn't just me you know it was a lot of gyms I feel like we had a very strong argument you know yeah, and yeah. who knows hopefully maybe if we do go into lockdown again which I don't agree with but we won't get into that um, hopefully we can be listen as an essential service yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely all right we're well, on the subject of health and wellness yeah let's get into the business that you're in yes because I, I, I again i told you before we started here i love speaking to people in the health and wellness fitness the happiness industry i suppose you could yeah. call it like um and i speak to a range of people from doctors to personal trainers to strength and conditioning coaches nutritionists to people who are into mental health people who are into reiki all sorts of but they're all contributing to the same thing yeah trying to help people achieve their goals yeah and become kind of happier more well-rounded healthier people so that's the industry that you're in mm -hmm. as well yeah um where to even start with it because we, <laughs> there's like nine or ten things we're going to talk about yeah. here um but your kind of core focus with your business is body transformations yes that's fair yeah. to say yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely yep so body transformations for people who may not be familiar with the fitness industry is taking you from looking a certain way to looking another way. And yep. that's based on your own goal. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, and is it fair to say it's mostly based around kind of weight loss and muscle gain? 100%. Yeah. It's okay. very aesthetically driven. Yeah. 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 So one thing I said to you earlier on was sometimes this gets a bad rap. Yeah. Definitely gets a bad rap because there's a there's a kind of a, a commentary about how it can create body dysmorphia, that yeah. people become addicted to looking a certain way, that... It almost generates a kind of a, an expectation to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. If you're a female, you need to look this way. If you're male, you need to look this way. Um, I don't think that's entirely fair, yeah. to be honest with you. And I know, I know there are some places that it, it, they don't have a healthy relationship with this. But the answer you gave me was actually excellent. So I'm going to see if you can remember exactly what you said to me there. <laughs> I can't you, actually you, remember. You, you said yeah. to me, "You stay in your lane. You yeah. do what you do." Yeah. However. It's not what it looks like on the surface. Yeah. Talk to me a bit about body transformations and what exactly this means. Yeah, so I suppose, um, and just like the, the grand scheme of things, body transformations, as you said, taking person A, looking from point A to point B, and basically improving how they look. But kind of what goes on behind the scenes is, is way more important than that. Um, as I said earlier on, like if a client comes into us and they, they've got a lot of health complications and they're not in a great position to do a body transformation, we don't turn them away and say, listen, no, you're not, I can't work with you. We explain to them that, you know, this is probably not a 12-week transformation process. We will take you through this 12-week block, but over this 12-week block, we might just be improving sleep quality. We might just be improving, um, you know, joint mobilization, get you moving more, creating a good relationship with food. Um, so a 12-week transformation, it sounds a lot more... <clears throat> 
basic and kind of uh, backwards than it is. The reason I haven't kind of changed it to just personal training or coaching is 12 week transformation sounds sexy. People want to, you know, people I'm glad want, you're yeah. <laughs> you know, people want that. They're like, oh, I want to transform. But then when they come to us, they know that we have a lot more professional approach and we'll sit them down and we'll be like, you're not ready for this, you know? Let's go through a 12 week block where we improve all your health markers. We just create a better relationship with training and with food. And then you never know where we're going to be in six months. Yeah. But as I said, a lot of the transformations we put on our pages and I don't even like using the word transformations, but I've just stuck with it for so long now. Um, I'm just going to stay with it, you know, because that's what people like. A lot of our results could be six months. They could be a year. I've had a guy that it took us two years to get him results, you know, and I'm very open and very honest about that. Yeah. Um, that the, like, as I said, about 10%, if even the people that come through our door can get them results in 12 weeks. Okay. I could, but uh, client care and professionalism, like I, I wouldn't, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a lot of stuff as well, when, when people finish their transformation blocks or their, I suppose, their, their photo shoot phase or their wedding phase or whatever, um, aftercare is massive. And a lot of a lot of personal trainers don't do this. And, I, and I'll be I'll put my hand up and say, I used to not do this. You know, it used to be a revolving door client. So we'd have them in, we'd blast them for 12 weeks, get a result and say, see you later. Yeah. And we'd see them again in a year. And I'm like, what happened to you? But that that's that's on me. So I've started to care for my clients a little bit more now over the past two and a half, three years, where we look after them. As soon as they finish this kind of aggressive phase, whether it be six months, nine months, a year, we bring them back out of it and we teach them how to manage their lifestyle mentally and physically that they can maintain some sort of shape and they don't suffer after their 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 I suppose transformation block and that's where I think a lot of people get their bad names you know yeah. oh, I did a transformation it didn't work I gained all the weight back oh, I did a transformation yeah I looked great but then as soon as I stopped yeah, of course if you stop training you stop eating well you're going to look like crap yeah, yeah, you know yeah. that that is the biggest stick I hear used to beat this transformation yeah. and it's it's usually other gym owners that yeah. are wielding the stick yeah. and again I, I kind of get it because ev everyone's concerned about what's best for the client and what's best 100%. for the people yeah. like you, you hear about all these stats from like the biggest loser and all these TV shows mm -hmm. where like it's fantastic what you see on TV and then there's some crazy numbers like within a year 70% of them are back to their original weight and within two years they're 90% of them are above their original mm -hmm. weight or something like that because there's no follow through Yeah, and I think the biggest concern for people is that health and wellness and changing your body needs to be a lifestyle change yeah. Yeah. not a 12 week transformation yeah. you said you know yeah. you've explained very well why you use it and you're very honest about it yeah. as well it's, it is marketing and you yeah. need you need to attract people absolutely and people yeah. are nowadays definitely very attracted to the instant 12 weeks yeah. what pill do I take yeah. like, get yeah. me there uh, but yeah. like I, I like your answer there you've explained yeah. it it is about more than that um, yeah. what, why do you think people are so um, like let me ask this question a different way. What what are these goals for people? Like, are, are we talking weddings and things like that? Like, there was a photo shoot thing that 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 yeah. I've seen up on your page a few times. We're getting ready for the photo shoots. Yeah, we've started to. I've started to branch out into photo shoots a little bit more. Um, now not loads. I probably have maybe two or three a year so far. A lot of people aren't ready for, it and I'd never push someone to do something like that. But okay. yeah, a lot of times it's weddings, it's holidays, it's people who have just been in bad shape for a long time, and they they think that this twelve week, like you said, is the magic pill that they need, and. I'm I'm happy enough to take them on and, and coach them in the long term but I use that 12 week transformation to get them in you know get yeah. them in the door and then start to coach them start to educate them that you know it's not a 12 week block it's a it's a two year it's a three year this is a cons consistent kind of uh, part of your lifestyle for it to change but uh, yeah kind of yeah weddings photo shoots um, holidays just general fat loss general muscle gain when people do these things like they do the photo shoot or they have the wedding how how do they cope with the couple of weeks afterwards? Because I'm I'm very familiar with speaking to people specifically, and you've experienced with this from bodybuilding competitions. Mm, yeah, and you spend all this time to peak for that one 
hour yeah. where you're on stage yeah. and, and, and you're doing your thing. And literally within four or five hours, you could look a different way. Yeah, yeah. And then within two or three days, you could look a totally different way. Mm. That's very hard on the psyche. How, mm. how, how, do you, how do you observe that with your clients? What, what happens after that photo shoot or that wedding or whatever it is? Um, again, it's always evolving. So yeah. it's very client dependent. But what I did probably, I think it was about two years ago, I did two bodybuilding shows myself. Yeah. Um, and that was probably the best thing I could have done for my business because I, I walked the walk. You know, I put myself through this. So my first prep was 20 weeks. My second prep was 16 weeks. And and, you know, I made every mistake under the sun. My, the first show I did, like, as you said, I looked like a the Michelin man after about three oh, didn't days. didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, you know, I just I just rebounded really bad. Um, but I'm glad I did that. So, and then I went and did another show, and I was able to manage things a little bit better afterwards. So I just tried to explain to people, you know, once we're finished this, there's another six to eight weeks after this of intense coaching. Once you do have your wedding, once you have your photo shoot, that we need to slowly kind of, I don't even want to use a word, but reverse diet out of it so they come out of it feeling better about themselves they maintain some sort of shape and I explain to people you'll never look like this all the time it's impossible you know um but we slowly bring them out of those kind of intense dieting phases so they still maintain have a good shape and they, they feel good they're healthy and training just becomes part of their life okay okay yeah. there was a quote I'm brutal for quotes I always remember half the quote and never who said it like that but I remember reading this somewhere and it really stuck in my head and it was something along the lines of how bodybuilding or building your body or, or achieving a certain aesthetic is a very noble pursuit because people understand it's transient. They understand it's not there forever. Yeah. So you're going to put all this work in to get a certain result, understanding that that's going to disappear. Yeah. And that's there's, there's something really kind of, there's a good discipline around that if you understand that. Yeah. And I think a bit of an issue, and again, you, you've touched on this already, but a bit of an issue nowadays is some people don't really understand. Yeah. You don't look like this all year. It, it's, it, it is becoming part of the narrative now talking about Instagram models and people who look great on Instagram. That's not actually what they look like yeah. most of the time. Yeah. And in fact, they probably only looked like that for about an hour, yeah. as we just said yeah. there. Um, but I, I don't necessarily see a problem with striving for aesthetic an aesthetic look yeah. at all. If it makes you feel good, yeah. once you understand yeah. that it's not forever yeah. and you fluctuate and you're in and out. And I yeah. talk about fluctuation a lot in terms of mood. Like we need to understand that we're not going to feel good some of the times. Mm. We're not going to look good some of the times. We're not going to perform the way we want some of the times and be okay with that. Yeah. Um, I know you mentioned to me as well, you have a few people who you train who be in the public eye. You don't have to mention any names, yeah. you know, but who, who will be, their, their kind of their livelihood depends yeah. on looking a certain yeah. way. Yeah. How do you find working with people like that um, who 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 really depend on this and it becomes part of their identity, how they look? Is it, is it difficult to manage that kind of psychology with people? Or is it are they well able to cope? And is, is it a kind of a, a lifestyle piece or is it kind of a little bit more ingrained in who they are? Um, so it's difficult to manage on my end or their end? Both. Okay, yeah, yeah. so on my end, I suppose, I try not to delve too much into people's... Um, mental health and try to stay in my own lane yeah. but I just try to explain people to people from my own experiences how you might feel um, I feel like the, the couple of people that we do work with who have like a big following are in the public eye um, they kind of already enjoyed training they already had themselves in decent shape so they're kind of mentally strong enough to, to go in and out of these kind of transitions and dieting and, and, and not dieting um, but I feel like yeah, they manage things quite well. And now we don't have loads. We have three or four people that yeah. you know, will be in the public eye. But I feel like a couple of people, probably the biggest thing that I see um, is not really the aftercare. It's people signing up. They just think that, you know, if I sign up to this 12-week transformation, all i got to do is show up. 
So I just got to walk in the door and and then I've got a result. And then I'm gonna yeah, look at that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. When we start working with people, we're obviously in control of of what happens a lot more, so we can help them. So we don't really see that um, mental battle after after the dying phase or anything like that because we have th- things in place and we've explained to them that you know this isn't forever and you're not gonna look like this yeah, afterwards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, probably the biggest issue that we see with people mentally is like. Jeez, this is actually a lot of work to yeah. get myself in this shape. They don't realise how how hard it is. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's tough. You know yourself. It's very tough. Hundred percent. Yeah, to get yourself in really good shape. But as you said, it's it's a noble pursuit. It's probably one of the best things I've ever done for myself and my clients have ever done for themselves. You know, yeah. it's very selfish and it's a nice thing to do for yourself to bring yourself through this kind of a phase and you know make yourself better. Yeah. Essentially, yeah, you're better. In your That's body. exactly what I got from it when when I heard, when I read that quote, whatever it was. Exactly what I got because I, I I understand what it takes to train hard mm. to try and achieve something it's very very difficult yeah. I said this when I spoke to Connor the last day as well as I've never run 200 miles but mm. I used to run cross country yeah. 12, 13k and I know how hard that was so I have a reference point point. Yeah. and anybody who comments on bodybuilding or like aesthetic training who doesn't have a reference point for yeah. it they're not qualified to, to talk about it no. um, and, and the reason I'm, I'm really interested and passionate about it is and kind of some of the things I say fly in the face of what some people in my industry might believe as well in the wellness industry that yeah. it's not healthy to try and go after it's but it is healthy from a different perspective yeah. to, to be able to set yourself a challenge and a goal and go and achieve that I think is massively yeah. healthy now everything we do has has ramifications if there's course, if yeah. there's some side effect to a female having a super low percentage body fat for a period of time but she's getting loads of positives for her mental health and her her goal setting and she's mm-hmm. able to understand that this is transient and bring that into different parts of her life yeah i think overall that's positive yeah nothing is 100 percent positive or negative no, in life no, like and, and and people decide what they want to do and i would much rather see that person pursue something like that once it's not driven by a desire to impress other people yeah. then to want to drink the most points on a night out mm. or something you know what i mean yeah. so so th- that's kind of where where I, I stand on this whole issue here and where it can kind of get muddy between people saying well that's not healthy for you it's not healthy for you Lots of things. Driving cars isn't healthy for yeah, us. Like, and it's we, very we, client dependent. It's very, very client dependent. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you made a good point there about like you know what why people do it. Yeah. You know, that they're not doing it for for other people. And sometimes, unfortunately, we do see that. You know, and I get a client and come in for a twelve week transformation, and we need to identify that. That you know why are they actually doing it? Because yeah. the why is massive. You know, obviously, I did my bodybuilding shows for for me, but also for my business to put myself through that. And I see that with transformations, and now we've started to not eliminate it, but started to kind of identify that red flag through our consultation process and stuff. But before, you might see fifty percent of clients, and they're like, "Why are they not getting results?" Because they're doing it for the wrong reasons. You know, they're not doing it for, to put themselves through this um, challenge. You know, they're doing it because they want to see themselves on Instagram and they want the likes. Yeah. You know. Yeah, um, yeah. Now we don't. Thankfully, we don't deal with as many people like that. Or we are we able to identify it early on and explain to them a little bit. Okay. But uh, yeah, definitely the reasons why people do it is massive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you need to be doing it for the right reasons. Absolutely. Yeah. And you obviously got involved in in the fitness industry for a reason and you did a bodybuilding show for a reason I know part of that was for the business as well but part of it is to set yourself a person building a business is to set yourself a personal challenge yeah, to course. try and achieve something and it's very very difficult and you learn a lot about yourself on the way did you learn about yourself when you were doing these bodybuilding shows did yeah. you find things that you didn't you didn't know before about yourself uh, yeah big time yeah 
I found I was definitely stronger than I ever imagined, you know, because... Psychologically. Psychologically, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, when I first became a personal trainer or coach, I kind of went down this body transformation route because everyone was doing it. Yeah. So body, seven years ago, everyone was like, oh, I do, I do body transformation, I do body transformation. And then obviously the fitness industry started to age and started to mature, so people kind of went down different routes. Um, but I just kind of kept with it. And about two and a half years ago, I'd never really been in amazing shape. You know, I was okay. I was tipping around and, you know, I was leanish, but never amazing shape. And I was like, what actually gives me the right to coach people to be amazing shape if I've never been in amazing shape? So I was like, what's the best thing I can do? And it was actually my friend Ben who had done a couple of these physique shows. And you know what? Before I did them, I didn't agree with them. I was like, ah, they're not they're not healthy. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like it is you know? very common. Yeah. It's very common. And I used to say, that they're not healthy. You know, you shouldn't put yourself through that. And I was like, well, what can I do to, you know, walk the walk, set myself above all the other kind of body transformation coaches around the area. I was like, I need to get myself in ridiculous shape. So um, I learned a lot that I could actually do that, you know, and I went back and I will do another one because I, I found a passion for it. It's not even about the show. I don't care about the show. It's about the, the journey. It's about those 16 weeks, about, you know, the mental battle and the physical battle and constantly changing. Um, that's one thing I did learn. Um one thing, another, I did learn, like, you're, you're weak as well. You know, you're mentally weak. The amount of times I broke down on those preps that I had the dominoes, that I missed sessions, that I, you know, and, and they're the things that people don't talk about. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, you do this 12-week transformation, you just eat chicken and broccoli the whole time. You don't. I had numerous times where I fell off the bandwagon. I crying into a pizza on a Saturday night, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, there's two kind of ends to it. Obviously, I, f I knew I was quite strong mentally, but also I could be very weak as well, Yeah, you know, which was which was good. It was an eye-opener. It was kind of, you know, honesty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that you said that. It's, mm. it's actually really important f to understand that side, yeah. side of these things because I've never done a bodybuilding show, but I'm very familiar with that feeling of I'm supposed to be working towards this and everybody thinks I'm this yeah. and I'm sitting here miserable yeah. because I'm either crying into a pizza yeah. or I'm crying into a pint or whatever yeah. it might be and yeah. I, I think coming face to face with that is massively important yeah. and it is very important for because I like just like you I was a naysayer mm. even up to a couple of years ago like because I was involved in sport and I always look at people who are in really good nick and I don't, I'll be very honest there's an element of jealousy there as yeah. well yeah. especially men and women yeah, of who look at people and say oh there's only one way they got like that or anybody could do that I'm just not interested it's yeah, not for me that's exactly it's not functional uh, like for, for sport that's an easy one for people in the sporting industry to say it's not functional that's fair enough but that's not what it's for Yeah, there's a different motivation behind this and mm. there's challenges involved in that that someone who plays a sport doesn't understand Yeah, because there, there's different types of discipline and all the, all the, and there's a massive pressure as well you're literally being judged on what you look like yeah. when you do a bodybuilding competition yeah. and you're signing up for that yeah. <laughs> you, you're going up on stage <laughs> in your underwear and signing up for someone to look at you and tell you you don't look good enough you yeah. don't look good enough There's, there is a massive lesson to be learned yeah. through all that yeah. um, and, and your story there kind of explains that perfectly yeah. there's times when you fall off the wagon oh yeah and, and that, that made me a better coach because I can I can relate be, to you yeah I can, I can have empathy with a client you know yeah. I'm like your weight is up and your food diary is perfect I know your food diary wasn't perfect but that's okay do you yeah. know what I mean I've been through this nobody goes through a dieting phase and doesn't fall off the bandwagon and if you say you do you're a liar yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know or you're a robot 1% of those people you know and they, they make the top bodybuilders they make the best physique at athletes but I do it for a hobby yeah. you know um, and what's it like because you, you mentioned this to me before what's it like being a business owner and being in, in the eye especially now with, with the, the latest mm. thing but being in the eye of the fitness industry and you are the example for your clients and not being in that kind of shape all year long or all the time how does, how does that affect you what does that feel like 
I'm not I'm one of those coaches that I do fluctuate you yeah, know and we're I not feel, human beings fluctuate, yeah, like. and, I, and I feel like that makes me actually makes me a better coach but I, I used to struggle with it definitely I used to be like I'm not in shape like all these other people and like how, how do I have the right to tell people to get in shape but now I feel like because I've been down that road a few times and I will go down it again um I, I feel strong and I feel like mentally I've good uh, empathic connection with people to get them in that shape. But yeah, even to this day, it can be tough, you know, because, you know, I could be going into work and I'm usually wearing my slim fit, medium, <laughs> under armor top. I'm like, I'm I not... Sh- shrunk in the wash, I swear. <laughs> I'm not wearing that today because I just don't feel... I, I'm just like everyone else, you know. I so There's many times where I don't feel good about myself. Yeah. Um, And I feel like every single person on the planet, you know, goes through that. So yeah, it can be tough. Um... I'm mentally strong enough now that I don't really care that much about how I look. It's a lot more about my clients. You know, I've kind of taken myself away from how I look. Obviously, I do care, you know. Yeah. Um, I keep myself in relatively good shape, but I, I've, I focus more about my clients now. But yeah, probably in the past, I would have suffered with uh, body image probably before I did my bodybuilding shows. Okay. Okay. That I, I wasn't good enough and I, I wasn't in good enough shape and I didn't look big enough and I wasn't ripped, you know. So yeah. it can be tough. And I think a lot of personal trainers are the same. They just won't say it. You know, yeah. I probably subconsciously got into this industry unbeknownst to myself, you know, kind of ego driven, you know. Like yeah. maybe I, I'll be a personal trainer. I'll show people how to get in shape. It's a cool job and cool people do it. So subconsciously, I probably got into the industry for that reason that I didn't feel good about myself yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh now as i get older more mature and develop into coach it, it doesn't bother me anymore just going to jump in here and interrupt the episode again to remind you that today's guest on the primal podcast is neil o'keefe from nu fitness and today we're discussing the fitness industry training for aesthetic goals instagram culture and many many more fitness related topics if you want to get in touch with the team over here at Primal, you can contact us through Instagram or Facebook at Primal Pro, email us at info or podcast at primal.ie, or visit the website at www.primal.ie forward slash Neil O'Keefe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's be very honest here because I'm, I'm a human being, you're a human being as well. It, it, it gives you confidence to look good and when you look good, you feel good. Yeah, no, I just, just want to say it right here, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like we're talking about the finer points of this now and, and, and the extremes you go to and all that kind of stuff. There's nothing wrong with wanting to look good mm. once you have an understanding that you are going to have these waves, you are going to have peaks and troughs and you're going to look a certain way at certain times. Especially women are going to look different yeah. at certain times in a month. We talk yeah. about that a lot. Uh, men are going to look different depending on the kind of stresses they're under and the food they've just eaten and all, all that kind of stuff and then there's testosterone fluctuations and stuff like that so yeah but it is okay to take pride in your appearance and i actually think it's important yeah and i think oh, this is probably a road it's not a very popular thing for me to say sometimes but there, there is an element now and i'm going to be called out for body shaming here but there's an element of forcing acceptance of unhealthy body types yep. i'm talking specifically about really overweight people mm-hmm. and what i always say is there's no i have no problem with anybody who happens to be overweight right now for whatever reason that they yep. might be there but there is a responsibility both personally and for people you might be influencing yep. to try and be as healthy as you possibly yep. can because being overweight is not healthy that's a simple fact yeah we know that but you're called out now for fat shaming and body shaming if if you have an opinion even, not even if you say it publicly, but if you have an opinion that somebody shouldn't be of a certain weight, you're called a fat shamer now. Yeah. So I think if people accepted that it's okay to want to look good, yeah. once it's a healthy, and it's not driven by this need, to, as we said, to impress other people, yeah. and to put a picture up on Instagram or whatever, that once you 
you acknowledge that I want to look good for me because I feel better, then it's fine. Then you yeah. can be helped and you can integrate and people can actually help you get there. But I think there's a lot of fear now. People people under underneath it all, they know how hard it is to try yeah. and get they've tried it before. Yeah. Most people who have who carry weight have tried yeah. lots of different things yeah. and have failed. Mm. So there's a there's a fear that I'm never gonna get there. It's so not for me. So this wall goes up of well, it's okay to be who I am. And absolutely it's okay to be who you yeah. am. But everybody wants to be healthy and everybody wants to look good. And anyone who says they don't, I do not believe it no. for a second. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And no matter what stage you're at, if you're 50% body weight, morbidly obese, or whatever. It doesn't really matter if you're carrying a little bit of extra timber after Christmas. It doesn't really matter where you are now. That, that's where the body shaming thing comes from. Yeah. You're, you're shaming me because of my body. Not at all. No. Not at all. You are where you are right now, and whoever you got there is irrelevant. But we should all be aiming to be a little bit course, healthier. Yeah. And it doesn't mean we all have to have six packs and fucking huge no, delts no. or whatever. Yeah. But we should all be aiming to take a little bit more pride mm -hmm. in our own health and our own appearance. And that kind of brings you back to the, all the conversations I have with people in the medical industry as well. Is we should all be aiming to take a little bit more control back for ourselves, yep. not trying to blame. Yep. And part of that is accepting that it's okay to want to look good because yep. I feel good when I look good. I feel good when people compliment me on the clothes mm. I'm wearing because they feel yeah. very well. I feel I'll good. Spade the spade, yeah. Do you yeah, know? 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know? And that's okay. Yeah, it is okay. And people just need to be honest, you know? Um, yeah. Definitely. And just accept the fact that it's an, it's good to feel good. And it falls in health health and feeling good and looking good. They fall in hand in hand. Yeah. You know, if you if you have lower level body fat, if you're training five times a week, if you're not even dying, just watching watch what you eat, you're going to be healthier. Yeah. You know? And who doesn't want to be healthier? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? It's a, it is about that mindset. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, yeah, but definitely, and I, I've never really experienced any of that kind of like being called out for body dysmorphia or or fat shaming or anything like that. <laughs> Again, well, I've, now after my comments, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I've been at both ends of the spectrum. You know, yeah. um, been probably really out of shape and, and and in really good shape. And a lot of my clients, you know, you might see there's a couple of clients on online that we put up and they're in amazing shape. But for every one of them, there's thirty other people behind closed doors that I'm working with that will never really don't want to go down that photo shoot route. So I work with a lot of clients that, you know, that just want to feel better and look better for themselves, but they're not chasing that before and after picture just to fit into the dress that's a little bit a little bit snugger or, you know, put on that shirt that hits a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's one, does it, does, sorry, there's another element to this I want to credit you with because you said it and you haven't said it on the mic yet and I'm, I'm going to give you the space to say it now, but yeah. you are doing a lot, you're investing a lot in your, your professional knowledge here now as well. And I spoke about this before as well. Personal, I asked you at the very start, do you want me to call you a personal trainer? Yeah. Because personal trainer means something different to everybody. And you could have a guy who did a weekend course and a personal trainer. You have a guy who's been 40 years in the industry as a personal trainer and they're not the same thing. Yeah. And you said to me, you've been doing a lot of upskilling lately and investing more in your knowledge and the stuff that you said, oh, I said I wasn't going to mention his name on the podcast, we mentioned his name. You're, <laughs> you did a bit of training with Owen Lacey as well. Yeah. But you're investing and you're investigating the world of functional health as well as yeah. as obviously there's there's your sets and reps and there's how to lose weight and how to gain muscle and all that kind of stuff but there's also the building blocks of that which is how to sleep better how to live better how to um balance your nutrition properly how to understand your your general wellness and health and all the different tools to come part of that yeah. which up until about three or four years ago you wouldn't really hear no. in your average commercial gym no and now you're starting to hear a lot more of it it is yeah and you're you're on this journey too you're yeah. understanding a lot more the foundational building blocks mm. of the human physiology not yeah. just counting numbers yeah 
Yeah, and and it goes as I suppose as you mature into the role, you know, as you take pride in your profession, you want to obviously upscale, you want to get better. I'm just very lucky that we are like 500 meters away from the ISI, yeah. so it's a, it's um then you could be paying me commission. <laughs> it's a it's a resource we can use, you know, and um I've done a, co- a good few courses with Owen. Um, I started the apprenticeship with, with Adam and Robbie um just before the last lockdown. Unfortunately, I haven't continued on with that, but I will get back into that in, in 2021. Um, I've traveled to the UK and done a bit with Nick Mitchell and Ultimate Performance. Um, I've studied under Christian Thibodeau as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and done a couple of seminars and just trying to listen to podcasts is a, is a massive thing. Can I ask you a question, right? Yeah. Your business is going well. You're getting results in your transformations. Why? Why do you do this? Why do you invest? Because it's time and money. Yeah. Why do you invest if your business is already going well and you're achieving those aesthetic results? Mm. Why, why do you invest in more? Um, it, as I said, we said it off air, it ignites the fire in my belly again for my career. Um, any personal trainer will tell you, you know, you're doing, you're essentially doing the same thing every day. You know, you're coaching people through a split squat, you're coaching them through a back squat, you're coaching them through a bench rest. But as you said, we need to look at the like a holistic approach. So going to these seminars and going to these courses and listening to podcasts creates my love, or like reignites my love for, for personal training and for the fitness industry. Um, and there's been years where I haven't gone and done a course and I've noticed that my, my, business has not been as successful my client results have not been as good so i use these to for myself just as much as my clients to reignite my fire for for learning and to create a better better business yeah and that's interesting you actually find your clients engagement is better when you're kind of educating yourself and bringing more bringing more building Mm. blocks to the the, to the programs to the conversations and to the coaching yeah because clients are like sponges they feed off you you know i feel like the the best client results i probably ever got was when i was doing those bodybuilding shows because people like jesus see neil he's after doing 10 cardio sessions last week i want to do that (laughs) you know and people like they're sponges they feed off you and and you give them your energy so when i'm doing these courses and i'm like you know what i i learned a new variation of a banded back squat that we're going to do today and they're like jeez this guy knows his stuff but like it's just, you know, you're giving back to your clients. So, yeah, I, I, I take a lot of pride in my education. Okay, um, yeah. But I don't let it overcloud as well. I'm not doing courses every weekend or reading books every every two days. I, I do one one or two courses a year, try to use as much of them of those courses as I can and bring it into my business because at the end of the day, my business is the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't want to take away from it. That's actually an interesting point as well because a lot of the time you talk about, you hear all this on podcasts and people are like, I read 100 books a year and all that. And don't get me wrong, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. But I know personally, I struggle sometimes to implement anything yeah. I read. And I read loads of books and listen to loads of podcasts. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, I didn't do anything. Yeah, I, I used to be like that. I've yeah. looked at all this stuff and I haven't done any of it. And I'm talking about in a personal sense, like mm. I've, I've read books on mindset and how to habit and how to program your life and all these kind of biohacks, yeah. you want to call them that. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of this, these resources are absolutely excellent. Yeah. But then I find that I just don't implement any of yeah. it. So I, I like that. You kind of, you're focusing on, on maximizing or getting the most out the of most it. most out of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and this course I do it on and... Uh, I'm learning the same stuff, but you can never, it's always different. You're yeah. always going to get one or two things out of the same course or the same resource, you know? Yeah, so yeah, I feel yeah. like you need to revisit things, Stephanie. Oh, well, I, I do anyway. On, on my head, yeah, 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 my head's a sieve, so. <laughs> um, the, the other side of kind of what we talk about on this podcast sometimes is entrepreneurship and building businesses and, and growth, like all the things that can contribute to giving you a bit of self-empowerment and control and happiness for you, not so much for your clients, mm. but for you. What was it like why why did you decide to build a business yourself? Because it's not an easy thing to, again, it's, it, this is something that not many people understand unless you've tried to run a business and you said to me your first 
attempt failed. Oh yeah, yeah. which I think is important, an important step in yeah. any in anybody's journey. But why did you decide you wanted to build a business, and then how did that journey look for you? Um, when we first came out of um personal trainer college, if you want to call it that, yeah. I don't even want to call that, but for want of a better <laughs> word, um, there was no jobs. So we were probably just coming out of the recession. Fit, health and fitness wasn't that big. This was about eight, eight years ago. Um, it was only really kicking off. So there was no real job. So me and Ben decided to to do our own thing um, and start these kind of fitness classes. So that was kind of, that was the start of it. And we started my entrepreneurial journey. I actually started before I was qualified. So we were doing a course. We started in September and I think we were qualified in May. But I knew it was the January rush. So I rang an insurance company. I actually bluffed and said I was qualified. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I have my cert. So I started my classes in January. I was only halfway through the course, but I knew I need to get going in January if I want to make some money and I want to make a name for myself. And then, I don't know, I just, I, I love it. I love working for myself. I love like owning a business and, and just watching it grow and just like everything there's good months there's bad months there's good years there's bad years there's years where my business has stayed stagnant and I've just been an employee in my business and then there's years that it's grown exponentially Um, but I really it's there's so, you know yourself now there's, there's something really empowering about working for yourself you know and it, there's massive ups and downs and I'm a very honest person you know there's been times where I don't pay myself there's been times where I've taken loans at a credit union to pay my staff like it's got that bad and then there's been times where I am like so flush financially and can buy all the equipment that I want and, and can live an, a really nice lifestyle so it's those ups and downs just like the body transformation journey or the bodybuilding journey it's the it's the journey really that i fall in love with yeah um there's no end goal for me there's no real like oh i'll be done when my business when i've got four new fitnesses i just enjoy kind of the the ups and downs and the empowerment of working for yourself yeah what are some of the hard things about setting up a business in ireland specifically um I suppose it obviously like finance finances you know yeah. to get the business up and running it depends on what business you're in um, I when I first started I'd saved up a little bit of money and took a loan out from the credit union as well I started with nothing you know I started with like two squat racks a couple of dumbbells a couple of barbells and just kind of built it up if I was to start a business again I'd probably try to start the business a lot more professionally. So that's one thing I kind of, I, I did wrong. But I, I was so young, so you learn. You know, I just kept kept snowballing and buying new bits of equipment every week, every month, and just kind of built up from there. And it took me about three years to build a proper gym. Um, so if I was to do it again, I'd probably try to start to kind of hit the ground running and have that proper gym done already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what other uh, business? It's, it's probably getting football. You know, it's it's what it takes a while to get customers and get people in the door. Um, what else would be tough? Staff. Um, I'm very lucky that I've I, I have some really good staff at the moment, but we've been through our fair share of um staff members in the past five years. Some amazing, um, some not so much. But you know, <laughs> name names. We'll move on. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's probably it. And again, it's very industry dependent. You know, some some businesses you can operate a whole business online, and then obviously some businesses have to be brick and mortar. So yeah, yeah. And I feel like a, a part of being a business owner, people see because yeah, you know, people only really see what you show them. So they yeah. they only see the good times and yeah. they only see the the whatever the nice things that you have or had the business going well or whatever like that. But there's a whole back end to business that I I discovered as well that yeah. if un, again unless you've been involved, you don't really know what's there. And you're like the running of a business, what you see in the front is the tip of the iceberg like yeah. all the back end stuff especially if you're managing staff and you've got tax and you've got mm. all that you've done. like I didn't come from a finance background it's like Chinese to me trying to understand yeah. a lot of the financial side of running a business yeah. um, it, that that I, I feel is something that when people start 
now don't get me wrong I'm not just business mogul yeah. sitting here and I'm just <laughs> talking about personal experience yeah. people I've spoken to as well when you when you kind of are introduced to that because you, you start a business for, for a particular reason you, yeah. you want to work for yourself or you want to make some money or you've got a passion for what it is you're doing and very quickly you'll hit this oh this is actually what running a business is mm. and I think I feel like that's enough to turn a lot of people off oh, trying time. to start something yeah. um, but I love seeing like this whole shop local thing I love seeing young Irish people going after something yeah. and starting their businesses despite the fact that it's not easy to do and yeah. there's a lot of barriers and that there's a lot of bad times and there's credit union loans to pay your staff yeah. and there's yeah. there's tax bills at the end of the year you didn't realise we're coming and there's all sorts of stuff that could mm. possibly trip you up it's a tribute the same way as when, when you see someone standing on stage yeah, it, it, the, you're seeing the result of all of these challenges they've overcome yeah and a lot of the time that goes unmentioned. You don't really understand that. But mm. if you see a local successful business, especially a gym or anything like that, that's completely dependent on whether people are coming in the door or not coming in the door. Yeah. It's it is a tribute to overcoming those challenges. Yeah. Um, and I think I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Um and like there's I know there's a lot of gyms opening up now as well, but a lot of people take different approaches. Like you've said, you stay in your own lane, you do your 12-week transformation, mm. but there's an underlying team of health and wellness and fitness. Yeah. And that's why you're growing now as well. Yeah. Um, so it, like like there's not, not too many podcasts I think I think starting a business is a fantastic yeah. thing for people to get into yeah big time and you know there's never there's never enough businesses you know if a gym opened up across the road from us I'd be like cool man happy days you know you'd be honest yeah. <laughs> just don't do body transformations just don't do body transformations yeah <laughs> yeah no I, I actually am I'm very very open minded I'm very uh, I suppose I'd like to help as many people as I can you know a lot of people helped me at the start of my career um, unbeknownst themselves nearly you know and uh, I'd al- I'd always want to see like you you know I love seeing businesses open up I love seeing businesses do well like I go down to own down the road and he's up he's 500 metres down the road from us and I, I, I'm any chance I get I'm down there learning off him you know and if I had a different mindset I'd be like fuck those ISI sorry so probably shouldn't curse no you curse away please <laughs> uh, fuck those ISI guys you know they're, they're on our turf or whatever but no it's cool. I'm literally just going to yeah. take that one sound bite out of context <laughs> <laughs> <Put that up. laughs> well, never. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think I've I've a quite a good, uh, quite a good mind frame or, or ideology about other businesses open up, and I, I love seeing you know local businesses do well. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, it's a, it's a killer time for businesses. So where do you see with with the changes in the way we're living now and lockdowns and whether we're going to have more lockdowns or not more, more lockdowns? Where do you see the industry going? Do you see any changes? I know a lot of people are going online. Um, I do see changes. I don't think the online thing will last too long. Really? Uh, yeah, I think so. Like I'm online coaching now. You know, um, you can only do so much at home with limited equipment, and also it's the it's the experience of going to the gym. You know, yeah. why, why do you go to the gym? Get out of the house, feel yeah. good, see your friends. Like it's a little piece of you know freedom or a little piece of self care for yourself. So I don't think gyms are ever going to die or you know be reduced or anything. And online coaching will take over. But I do see a lot of people have invested in personal kind of gyms and small setups and stuff that maybe numbers in gyms might dwindle over the next couple of years. But I'm not too sure, to be honest. Okay, yeah. okay. So you think we'll get back to a more traditional I model? I think so. With Hope- maybe some adaptations for... 
yeah, I, th- I think definitely more traditional model, just numbers are going to be heavily reduced. Yeah. You know, already we've completely changed my business model. We used to have 12 to 15 people in the room and three coaches working at once. Now we've got one coach and three people in the room. Okay. So, you know, yeah, yeah. We, we've had to completely adapt, which is fine. You know, I don't mind. I actually prefer it that way. It's a lot easier to manage and a lot easier to run and our service has got better. So we've used the lockdown for, for, for good, I suppose. Yeah. Um, as opposed to kind of just being, you know, get them in as many people as we can in our group classes and stuff. Now things are a, little, a lot more um, kind of client personalized, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it is one thing about the lockdown, I suppose. I, I know your campaign to have gyms open and all that kind of stuff. Mm. I'm not suggesting you're in this group I'm about to mention here, but there's yeah. a lot of people who are just complaining. Yeah. Like one of my favorite phrases people hate when I say this. It is what it is, right? you've made your case and it hasn't really been heard yet now hopefully it will be heard yep. but it hasn't been heard yet but it would be very easy for you to sit back on your ass then and say right they haven't heard us so let's just all moan and complain and yep. scream and shout and do absolutely nothing about it but accepting that responsibility to change to make the best of it to have a look at the lockdown period with a different perspective yep. all due respect to everybody who's been negatively affected by lockdown both from a business point of view and from personal or, or um, ha- have family members or friends who have suffered with their health or passed away from, yeah. from, from the virus it is an opportunity for people to reflect and think about how they can improve I've I've said it's we've had a forced hiatus been pulled out of the matrix for, for a while yeah. that everybody always talks about I'd love six weeks to kind of just not work for a while and think about my life and improve my yeah. life now we, it, it's forced but we have it yeah um, and it is very, very negative, especially for people who run businesses and stuff like that but there's a positive side to this is that use the time embrace the time yeah to do exactly what you just mentioned yeah. now, refine your service ref- think about your life and how you can improve and enhance your life and, and different things that you didn't have time to do before when your head was in the trough yeah. so I think that that's very very important to, yeah. to, to consider to have another perspective yeah. on what's happening going forward yeah big time um, last thing before I let you go yeah, we yeah. talked about Instagram at the yes, start and it's yeah. a huge part of the conversation nowadays when you talk yeah. about anything like even transformations there's uh, we talked about that big stick to beat you with. You're putting these pictures up in, on on Instagram mm. that can be unrealistic for some people. Yeah. Um. Instagram is dangerous for people who are vulnerable, which is all of us are susceptible yeah. to this aesthetic. Constant, just here's what you need to look like. Here's what you need to be. Here's what you need to do yeah. to be happy and successful. But Instagram is a a great tool for owning a business. Mm. Um. Some people say it's kind of like a catfish hook thing to get people in the door. And look, let's be very honest with it. That's that's the arena you have to compete in. Yeah. Now, if you want to survive or sell your product or sell your service to anybody, you have to be able to engage them. And the best tool for engaging people at the moment is social media. Now, I won't go down this road, um, but just to acknowledge, there has been documentaries like The Social Dilemma, and there's a lot of commentary about the dangers of social media and its effect on mental health. And I, I'm on board with all that, and I'm deep in the conspiracy yeah. theories. I'm way <laughs> down there. But I also understand that if you acknowledge that it's a tool and you can use it, yeah. it's very, very powerful. Yeah. And you're very active on Instagram for your yeah. business. Yeah. Um, how how do you negotiate the dangers of getting involved in that world of because it, it's, it just sucks from you oh, big it time. can suck you in and you can yeah. disappear down that rabbit hole and never come back again <laughs> uh, how do you negotiate that yourself um, myself like my own personal use and stuff I feel like I've probably for the worst I've, I've kind of used Instagram a lot more than I normally do over the last lockdown and this lockdown as well 
that being said i've got a lot of positives out of it you know my following has grown hugely it tripled since the last lockdown um and again it's it's not you know it's not all about followers you know it's not it's about what's going on in my business but obviously my business is closed now so i've used instagram to be a lot more active and try generate a bit more um focus and a bit more kind of business from it but yeah it can be I find myself, my screen time is massive at the moment. I won't even tell you. <laughs> You'll be sick. Uh, so I need to, you know, I, I set limits on my phone and I, I knock it off at night time and stuff. But yeah, I'm probably a bit susceptible to uh, falling down that Instagram rabbit hole. Why? What is it about? Now, I'm, I'm only, I'm yeah. asking leading questions yeah, no, here. Like, no, no, no. Uh, why, 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 why do you engage so much with it? Why do you like it so much? Uh, I'll be completely honest, you know, as you start to get more likes and more followers yeah. and, you know, at the end of the day, it's a nice feeling, yeah. you know, let's call a spade a spade here. Get, having followers is nice. Having people liking and commenting on your pictures, it's a nice feeling. But again, it can take away, it can take a lot away from your life, yeah. you know. If I'm spending six hours a day on Instagram, what's my girlfriend doing? Why is my dog getting walked? Why am I doing my online plans, you know? So I have started to be aware of that and started to manage things a little bit better. But yeah, it's a... It's, uh, it's a feel good thing, you know, if people like your stuff and you're on the receiving end of comments and shares and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that's the positive, but then the negative as well is, you know, there's a, a lot of negativity on Instagram. Thankfully I haven't, uh, experienced it yet, but I'm sure I will as I get further into it. Yeah. Um, you know, backlash from, from your opinions and your words and stuff, but you just have to take yourself out of it. You know, you have to know that it's not real life. Real life is my gym down the road is my girlfriend is my, my dog. That's real life. Instagram is just, just a tool. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I, I'm, that grounding that you've just explained there is very important, I yeah. think. Because, like, I know myself, I don't have a following on Instagram at all now. Yeah. But I'm, I'm brutal for you. Not yet. As, not as, yet. Not We're going to help yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> say, yeah. Uh, and and I, I talk a lot and I, I listen a lot and I read a lot about the effects of these kind of platforms on, on the mind. And all the kind of, I'm very, very interested in and very aware of the dangers. And I think there's a huge negative slant to, to social media now. Yeah, it's massive, definitely. Yeah. And it's not all doom and gloom, though. I think. And you've touched on it there. If you can develop an understanding of that, like this, this stuff is tapping into our lizard brains and it's yeah. making us feel good. And even though I talk about this all the time, if I see another following, woo, yeah, someone's yeah. following me, like, and yeah. it does feel good. Yeah, I think the important thing is to understand that that's what it's doing to your brain, and it's fine to, to have take a little feel good, take a little dopamine hit, whatever. Yeah. But if you get consumed by that and you become that number, yeah, like you become, I'm, I have this many followers. That means I am this person in yeah. life. No, um, and I can see, like, from a business point of view, especially from a business point of view, that is aesthetically driven like yeah. your, your business relies a lot on an, an aesthetics um, and yeah. to display its results and stuff like that yeah it's a very powerful marketing tool and a very powerful business tool it is and i'm fine with that once your clients and you understand yeah and you've already explained to us yeah. they come in and you have a conversation with them it's not just they come in and right into the squat rack let's yeah. go we're going to get you to this picture because that's a different person that mm. you're after seeing online and um, so i'm fine with all of that but I'm really passionate about having the conversation. I'm glad you said what you said there as well about understanding it's not real life. Yeah. Um, because I think, again, a big stick that people used to be businesses like yours is you're preying on people who don't understand that that's not realistic mm. for everybody. But you've already covered all that, yeah. which is which is great. Yeah. Um, and it's nice to hear that. Uh, I, I would have been, we would have had a different kind of conversation if you come in and argued with me about yeah. that because I got real, real work <laughs> up about it. But you didn't, which is great. But you, you learn, you know, as you mature as a person, you learn that, like, you know, the people that are coming into me and... and paying me their hard-earned cash they're so much more important than instagram you know i have their health is in my hands and yeah. it's, it's a huge i've only started to realize that over the past three years that i have a very important role in people's lives and you can't take that for granted you know you need to look after them health-wise mentally physically again i'll always stay in my own lane i'm not i'm 
I'm not a, a psychiatrist or anything like that. But you know, you need to look after people, and, and that's what's real life is going on in in three A Old Street Malahide. You know, that's where my real life is. Yeah. But Instagram is just it's a tool, like you said, it's a tool to get people in the door. You know, to kind of get them on a hook, line, sinker, and get them in, and then we can explain to them. You know, this is what it, we're actually a very professional and uh, health driven organization. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's important because it is used to sell snake oil a lot. Mo- uh, most most yeah, of what you see on Instagram is snake oil. Yeah. It's absolute. Bollocksology. <laughs> Forgive the French. It is yeah, bollocksology. No, it is. hundred percent. And it's designed that way. Um, yeah. And I mean, you've you've even used the phrase there, get them in hook, line, and sinker. But because you've pre-qualified that, and that's why I love podcasts. You, you've 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 explained your mm. business model and that you actually do have an underlying duty of care to these people. Yeah. Whereas usually it's the opposite to try and get people to engage in something they don't need. Yeah. Getting to buy stuff they don't need or want. But yeah. Tell them that this will make them happy. This will make you happy. Yeah. Um, and with you, the danger would be look this way and you will be happy. Yeah. But it's not about that. No, no, no. You need to be happy before you even do stuff like this, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, no, definitely not about that. But then again, in the past, you know, I'll hold my hand up and it was, it used to be about, oh, I'm going to blast this person for six weeks and get a picture out of them. You know, but again, and, and I'm a very honest person, I'll say that you need to go through these kind of parts in your career to learn that it's not the right way to coach people. It's not the right way to deal with people. Yeah. You know, you have to make those mistakes. As I said, I've had a failed business and I, I, I enjoy making mistakes, you know, um, because it just makes me a better better person, trainer, better coach, better business owner. Yeah, yeah. You know? And what about for Neil O'Keefe? Have you any personal goals going forward? Any, any <laughs> um, either, either fitness goals or just general health, life goals? Um, yes, um, I would like to compete again. So oh, yeah, yeah cool. I did do did two competitions last year. Um, the first one, uh, I went into it in, in brutal shape. So I was just happy to get on stage and look respectable. Second one, um, I went to compete. It didn't do as well as I'd hoped. Um, so I'd like to I'd like to do it again and kind of for my own personal achievement to try get somewhere in the competition. Yeah. I compete over the in the UK. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, just because the shows that I do, it's it's physique competitor and it's uh, men's fitness. It's like kind of for the smaller man. You know, it's not full on bodybuilding because I don't think I have that in me. Can, can you just explain? Can you? Explain yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, when I first signed up, so I, I do a category called men's fitness model. So okay. you wear, um, it's all to do with different shorts and stuff. So you've probably seen the board shorts, yeah, the yeah, men's yeah. physique. I don't do that because I've got good legs, so I want to get my legs out. So it's 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 kind of like men's physique, but with smaller shorts. Okay. Okay. Um, the reason I go to the UK is because there's so many different federations, and the quality of uh, competition is a lot better. They don't actually do men's fitness here. They do men's physique, but it's it's not really something I want to get into. Um, so I went over to the UK and did it once with Miami Pro Federation. Went over and did it again with Miami Pro same federation. Um, and I probably go back and do a different federation next time. Okay. Something a little bit tougher. Yeah. But yeah, that's why I go to the UK, and that's where I go. It's a little bit more the posing and stuff. It's a little bit more flash, and it's kind of a bit more dancey kind of you know you're not dancing but you know what I mean <laughs> there's no signature poses so you know in bodybuilding you've yeah, got your yeah. quarter turn to the right quarter turn to the right and everyone's lined up the same yeah. in men's fitness you kind of have a free reign which I like, so like a, it's a performance model, yeah nearly yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah, cool yeah. you know and I used to think oh I'm going to hate this but I actually love it yeah, yeah. and yeah, do you get much stick from, from mates and friends and people like that uh, a little bit when you're doing it yeah just like just funny funny stick you know yeah, uh, yeah. but I never really had any backlash again I'm just an honest person and I feel like if you're very transparent in what you do and you tell people and explain to people why you're doing things don't get a big head when you do stuff like this because you know you're probably going to be out of shape six months afterwards yeah. you know people just enjoy watching you do the journey yeah yeah I actually think it's good for, for, for friend groups as well like yeah. especially nowadays yeah. males I won't pretend to know anything about women yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about women <laughs> for, for men specifically it's very good to have somebody in the group yeah because like and 
this is not blowing smoke it's kind of inspirational for people to have yep. someone in your group if, if you're surrounded by people who aren't now look it sometimes doesn't work out this way because if you're someone who's interested in your health and wellness and fitness you tend to surround yourself with people who are similar yeah, to of you of course yeah um, and distance yourself from people who are negative but it's always helpful for people you might have gone to school with to see that because yeah. it, it's inspirational yeah. I don't like to use that word but it is yep. it's, it's a it's a kind of a uh, it's a way something for them to look at and say well I grew up with this guy yeah and I hung out with him, and we did exactly all the same things. Exactly how I started. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so is it? Ben, yeah, that's exactly how I started. Okay, yeah. So yeah look. Ben did. Ben, my best friend, he did a physique show. He did two. He won one, um, and, and came third, and the other one did amazing. And I was like, he did it. I can do it. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. and he inspired me to do it. And Ben actually coached me for my first one. And through my whole prep, I constantly looked at Ben's picture and was like, that's how he looked. That's how I want to look. And it's not a vain thing or like, I want to be better than Ben. It's using, like, it's he's inspired me. Yeah, you know, he yeah. inspired me to do it. So, yeah, you're yeah, my yeah. on. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should run a podcast or something on top of this stuff. Uh, and that's the fine line as well, what you just said there as well. You, 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 you don't, you didn't want to be Ben. No. Well, maybe at the start, look, let's be honest, when you're yeah. younger, you kind of look at these people and there is that element of jealousy and yeah. I want to look like that person and I want to be that person. But when you get involved, you realize it's deeper than that. And as you go through your journey, mm you start to do it a lot for different reasons. Yep. But I, th I think a lot of people do start... To, look, it's it's weird because you'd if everybody started a health journey because they wanted to look like somebody else, traditionally we'd say that's really negative because... Yep. That you're you're trying to be you're trying to meet someone else's expectations, but if that's the thing that gets you off the couch, yeah, and then we can correct the kind of the imbalances along yeah, the course, way and, yeah. and and the dysmorphia and the, the confidence and psychological issues. If we can manage all that, mm. um, then isn't that a positive thing? If we can get someone off the couch, absolutely, yeah, definitely. You know, um, and th there seems to be a lot of negativity and a lot of people berating other people for doing certain things these days, you know. So yeah. if someone's doing something good, cheer them on. You Absolutely. Know? Just get behind them. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, if someone's going to run a 5K or someone's going to do a marathon, oh, well, that's not healthy. It's good, bad for your joints. It's not, not the so what? You yeah. know, let them do their thing. You know, just get behind them, cheer them on and, you yeah. know. It could be that one yeah. thing that leads on to, to other things yeah. and you can refine as you go. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. yeah. Neil O'Keefe, cool. it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Danny. Thank you very much for, yeah. for coming on. Um, look, best of luck with, with everything that's happening. I, I do hope personally, I hope things change over the next couple of months and, yeah. and we're able to get a lot more people involved in health and fitness, whatever that looks like. Yeah. Um, if, if gyms are, are allowed to open up again or if they're not, I do hope we find a way as a country or whatever, yeah. as a, I suppose as a, as a world, as a, a planet now, yeah. uh, to try and help more people get back into these activities. Because overall, and when you look at the balance, they are very, very good for people's general well-being if yeah. you want to call it mental health or physical health or whatever yeah. um, so I wish you the best to look fair play I don't think I congratulate you fair play for putting yourself forward Thanks and being, million, par yeah. being part of the movement I think it's a hard thing to do yeah. um, and you do open yourself up for a lot of backlash yeah. we talked about some of it today yeah. um, but uh, maybe we'll, we'll chat again in a few months time 100%, yeah. and fingers crossed things for new and new whatever you want yeah. to call it fitness <laughs> are, are going well yeah. but I, I appreciate your time no, thanks a million for having me on cheers and that is the episode. Thanks again to Neil for joining me on today's podcast. If you want to learn more about anything we discussed on today's episode, you can get in touch with the team here at Primal through Facebook or Instagram at Primal Pro, P-R-Y-M-A-L-P-R-O. Contact us via email at podcast at primal.ie. And you can check out all the notes and links related to today's episode at www.primal.ie forward slash Neil O'Keefe. If you enjoy listening to the Primal Podcast, please show your support by leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, like and subscribe on all of our social channels, and share these episodes with your friends and family if you think they'd like to listen. Thanks a million guys for your support as always. Catch you in the next episode. <laughs>